Hi, I'm Lippy. And I'm Grumpy. Together we're Lippy and Grumpy Do Podcasting. In this episode, twatter spotting, turbo irons, cheese chasing and a fish finger recommendation. Now Lippy. Hello. We're back to normal. Oh God, <laughs> just about. Just about. We missed last week as yep. Orange Marshall, who's not an Orange Marshall anymore too, pointed out. And I said we'd mm. had some microphone issues. So you've got a spanking new Rode microphone in front I of you. I do. It's very swanky, if I do say so. Rather annoyingly, I ordered two because I thought I deserved to sound better as well. And Definitely. mine doesn't turn up until tomorrow. <laughs> so you'll have to wait till next week to hear me in glorious road sound. I'm going to have to listen back this week just so that I can hear how I sound. Yes, it definitely sounds different on this end through headphones. Mm. A little we'll bit uh, fuller. We'll also see what it pops out the other end after it's done all sorts of compressing and other sort of malarkey. Anyway, while we were off... And, well, you were off. I was not off. I was just faffing around. Um, Minnie Matt and Disney Joe were on a bit of a tour up north into Scotland and did a bit of twatter spotting. Oh, yeah. So nice, nice bit of video he sent me of the twatter landing on the beach. I think it's at Barra. Very How many twatters did they spot us? I'm not sure. There were several clips, but I suspect it was of the same plane. But it is a scheduled flight from the oh, beach okay. of Barra to somewhere else. It's very short. Not the shortest. We've covered that before. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's great to see a bit of uh, twatter spotting. Now, over the last few weeks, there's been quite a lot in the press about artificial intelligence. Yes. And I'm wondering whether it's the 1980s equivalent of the use of the word turbo. <laughs> turbo was in some cars, mm. uh, Saab in particular, um, the Porsche 911 Turbo. But it became a buzzword for all sorts of things. And there was a turbo button on a computer, which just changed the clock speed slightly. Oh. So it was a bit I faster. was like, what does that do? No, it just changed it. Well, it didn't. It wasn't a turbo in terms of sucking and blowing and all that sort of stuff. It My just, laptop needs a turbo button as slow as anything. Well, you probably need a new laptop, to be honest. Because the problem it's is my you, press, one. you press the button, it gets hotter. That's the thing. Mm. There was turbo running shoes and turbo irons. There's a film called Turbo as well about a snail. There is, and that doesn't have a turbo in it at all. It's just very mm. fast. So it has. Be, it did become a synonym for fast. Mm, and I do did. wonder whether AI has been just tacked onto all sorts of things where it's not really deserved. Yes. Have you seen the um, Photoshop AI videos? No, I haven't. People using AI to Photoshop. Although I don't think it's a. It's a. It's a computer generated option based off what you type into it. Yeah, you see, that's not, in my view, that's not not really AI. And some of the things that come out of it are not good. (laughs) No, exactly. And if it was true AI, you'd you'd give it a picture to do whatever, and it would look at it and go, oh, that's a bit rubbish, I'll have another go. But I won't do what I did last time. And Mm. then it would go, oh, yeah, no, that's that's better. Yeah, it learns. A lot of this stuff isn't learning. It's it's running a process it's a pre-programmed mm. process so one lady put flames in the field as the what she wanted to add in photoshop okay. and it came out with what i would describe as charcoal looking sticks well i suppose the flames had come and gone yes i guess yes it wasn't 
It wasn't flames in a field, though, that's for sure. Well, we'll be keeping a careful eye on what happens. There was an interesting meme going around this week where somebody was saying, if we have AI that is generating computer software, then the people that want the software will have to adequately describe what they want. So all of our jobs are safe because that never happens. (laughs) True that. You show them something, no, that's not what I want. Mm. Now, I saw a video this is some while back because I've been collecting these over a number of weeks and it was a airless tire. I sent you that video. You sent it to me. It's very good. And it's, Mm. it's a little bit hard to describe. So the outside of the tire that's in contact with the road looks like a tire as we would know it. Yes. And there's no sidewall on these, Uh, but inside there's a series of what look like chevrons. So the springy bits of rubber, which take the place of the air. So you can quite happily drive over a nail and mm. it goes through, and, and no puncture. And presumably they wear the same as other tyres, because you've got to tread on there that wears down. But I would imagine the damage or the amount of tyres replaced by potholes would reduce significantly. Massively. Mm. Yes, yeah, so there's no chance really of catching the sidewall of the tyre in the pothole and damaging it, because there is no sidewall to... To do, I would imagine there's probably quite a bit of fun filling your mate's tyres up with stones. <laughs> <laughs> Unless it has actually yes. got a sidewall on it. Um, yes, yeah, interesting. Very interesting. And uh, apparently there's some bike tyres as well. So. That would definitely help me because I probably buy about eight new tyres a year. I, oh, what, because of potholes? Just because of my bad luck with tyres, really. Mixture of potholes, nails, cracks. Yeah, you do buy an awful lot of tyres. I do. To the point where I took, I actually took the insurance out on the tyres that I bought. The new two ones. Two new ones. They'll never wear out now. I know. But awful. I only paid like £14 for it, so. That was probably worth, worth spending your money on. Mm. A friend of mine's bought an Austin Healey uh, from 1955, I think it is. Quite an old one. And it's been beautifully restored it's very good but the tires we suspect are about 10 years old and uh, i saw him last week with it and i said you really ought to replace those because they start to go hard and it's fine in the dry but you get a bit of Mm. wet on there and there's no grip whatsoever as demonstrated by another friend of mine in the wet with his 15 year old tires on a uh, mg midget and nearly ended up in the estate agent office (laughs) (laughs) so yeah, so you do need to keep, you do need to replace them. Yes. Even if you haven't done the miles and worn them out, they don't last forever. Mm. And I think trucks and coaches and buses, there's a five year limit. You have to replace them after five years. Anyway, oh, that's interesting. Yeah, so certainly. Makes sense. Absolutely, because they, they don't last forever. No. They, the rubber starts to go off. Anyway, changing the subject slightly. And there would have been a reason for this appearing in our show notes but i can't remember what it is because it is too long ago but i came across this betteridge law of headlines and what it is any headline that ends in a question mark can be answered by the word no and i think it's probably a lot of the clickbait that goes on with some of the tabloids these days where uh, a question is posed let's put mm. it that way in a clicky baity style yeah this was uh, named after Ian Betteridge, a British technology journalist who wrote about it in 2009, although the, the principle of the question is, is quite a bit older. 
And um, he said the reason why journalists use that style of headline is that they know the story is probably rubbish and don't actually have the sources and facts to back it up, but still want to run it. And I, I do find those things <laughs> annoying. Yeah, me too. I, I, I get suckered into them as well. Like I'm, I'm a sucker. It's so hard not to do. Mm. Um, but some of them is uh, people are just realizing, and then there's a very obvious fact, and you just go, well, that's not true. No, yeah. It's, it's horrible, cheap, horrible journalism. Journalism. Ger- it is journalism. <laughs> yeah, it is journalism. That's what it is. I've it's journalism. A new word. That is a good new word. And talking about journalism, journalism. Uh, our old fun, uh, fun, our old friend Elon Musk, we've been away for a few weeks. Uh, the uh, the teeth aren't working properly. Uh, so Elon Musk uh, had a rocket launch back in April. Gosh, this is going back a bit. Mm. And uh, for SpaceX. And the first one was cancelled, uh, very close to takeoff. And he, Elon Musk put a tweet out saying, a pressurant valve appears to be frozen, so unless it starts operating soon, no launch today. Indeed, there was no launch. Somebody put in the comments underneath that, yo, Elon Musk, don't let a frozen valve hash your vibe. Just like how the Acid Ape Society NFT rolls with the punches of the crypto game. I have no idea what these words mean, but I thought it was... Um, it's one of those things. Is it a bit of clever marketing, or you just being a bit of desperate smarty pants by doing that? Well, the person that commented it has a blue cl- blue tick, which suggests to me that they are a famous dash business person. Well, don't they just pay a fee now for a blue tick? Oh yeah, I forgot. It's, it's gone through so many iterations. I don't yeah. know. A lot of people seem to do this, and there's a regular column mm. in Private Eye where they look at a headline. And the automatically generated advert for that headline is sometimes they're really quite opposed to one another. And um, <laughs> it's a little bit uh, not very nice, but I, I'm not sure. It's almost smacks of ambulance chasing with this. You find a social media post that you know lots of people are going to look at because it's mm. somebody famous. And then you start advertising something. I don't even understand what he's advertising. Yeah. If you look at some people's famous ones, you can see some weird things being advertised. Yes. Some naughty things. Uh, yes, yes. Apparently, Facebook Marketplace advertising bedroom furniture very cheaply is not advertising bedroom furniture. Mm. I've only just discovered that. I was quite horrified. <laughs> we, we were in the pub last night after it's the Lions beating, and nobody else knew that. So it's. <laughs> and they were all horrified. I bet you they've all looked it up now, though. <laughs> well, no, most of them don't do any sort of social media because it's too they're too old <laughs> in fact one bloke said oh no i do social media i do whatsapp that's not social that's media. not social that's media not really, it's not really <laughs> social media although you can post statuses now can't you on, I on whatsapp know. i have no but. idea and talking to the socials i had a an eight-year-old memory come up on facebook that i didn't recognize at all and i wondered whether facebook just serves up random photos from somewhere else just to mess with you I don't, I've never not recognised one of my No, this one. I wish I memories. kept it now. It was a long while ago. Well, I'd say long, probably April. And um, I you really didn't recognise it. I'll show you. I'll show you how to do that. Like the old man you are. <laughs> I'll help you with your Facebook account. And we had a friend that um, lost his access to Facebook a while back or to his business page yes and got hacked did, yes he did get hacked and then they deleted a whole load of photos and start putting other ones in there 
uh, my question is, if that happens to you, do mm. their photos then start coming up as memories in a few years' time? I don't think they do if they've been deleted. Okay. Because otherwise it wouldn't well, know it, really it was a memory. It? Yeah, that's the question. Does it yeah, really it delete is... it? That happened to my friend as well, actually. Basically, what they do is they're, they're trying to get a profile with loads of followers to sell it. So they hack into it, delete everything, but okay. they keep all the followers and then start posting the stuff that they want or they sell it to someone so they can oh, advertise their business stuff. Well, this chap seemed to be posting links, I think, to Netflix films and programs. Mm. So nothing offensive. But then um, you log on to your Netflix through the link, then he gains access to however many people did that account. Well, only if it's a fake Netflix login. But yes, I, I can see how that, that would happen. Um, but my friend was most perturbed because he got so many more likes for the fake version of him than he did for his own. Which, I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah, was quite put out. I mean, substantially more. Not just a few, but a shed load more. That's funny. <laughs> now, the recent bank holiday at the end of May, there was, after a break of a few years, I think, uh, a very old race on a hill in Gloucester cooper's hill near gloucester where they chase a three kilogram cheese wheel down a hill that you wouldn't contemplate walking down let alone run down and i don't think the object of it is to actually get the cheese i think the object is to be the first one down the hill yes and this year the lady that arrived at the bottom was unconscious so she'd fallen over, knocked herself out halfway down, continued tumbling, arrived Rolling. in first place unconscious and woke up in the ambulance to be told she'd won. That's so funny. To be honest, we watched, there was a documentary. It was part, it was one episode in a longer documentary of, I think it was like Ridiculous Sports or something like that. Yes. It was, yeah. yeah. Um, and people training to do this. And like practicing and being like, you basically just can't let your, f- or you you have to imagine you're jumping on a cloud. Like you have to keep really springy and just like let your legs do what they want to do. And someone did say, it's safe. If you fall, it's safer to be knocked out by the fall because then your body goes floppy and you don't try and stop yourself. Yeah. Because it's so steep, like you're not stopping, you're going straight to the bottom. Yes, I can see how you could break your wrist or mm, other other things by tr- yeah, try to slow yourself down. Yes, that makes complete sense. Which yeah. and obviously is true because the unconscious person won. Yeah. I really want to give it a go, but then I would probably die. Have you seen the videos? Mm, yeah. I watched the whole documentary. I mean you wouldn't ski down it. It's too die. steep. Yeah. That's like a black star run if it's a ski slope. Yeah, it'd be interesting to know. An how Olympic that would be m- mogul field. That's what it would be classed as. Well, possibly, but I don't think they're as steep as that, that hill. And I've no idea why that still runs. You'd think that uh, think, health and safety would have got in the way. I think it's because it's not an official event. Okay. It's a town event and people just turn up and do it. Well, which is how they they did explain in the documentary how it's not how they're still able to do it without any restrictions because it's not technically a, an event that's organized by a town council so they don't need any permissions or i think they're sailing pretty close to the wind to be honest i mean yeah. if they've got a medical tent then there's some organization it's not just a bloat a bunch of people turning out with a lump of mm. cheese there's a bit more organizing 
that goes on. And I thought you had to have a, a permit for more than a certain number of people if you organise it. It's called a TENS. Yeah. The amount of health and safety and insurance aggravation we've had with the car show this year is, is just, it's, you'll get to the point you just go, oh, do you know, I don't think I could be bothered anymore. Mm. It's, too, it's too much. Be interesting. I might rewatch the the documentary on it. Yeah, that would be quite interesting to see, actually. Mm. Look out for that. Now, Wife of Grumpy has solved a problem. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> She's done what? <laughs> As you know, Wife of Grumpy uses the terms little and Audi interchangeably. Yes. So there's no difference as far as she's concerned. Mm. But there is a term that combines the two, and it's Lidaudi. Lidaudi. Lidaudi, which you could cover any either one of those mm. two budget yes. supermarkets. I call it budget supermarket. Sometimes it's a bit more of a jumble sale. but it, Yeah, more of it, a pick and mix. <laughs> pick and mix. But they do have some amazing products. Oh, yeah. I love Aldi. I don't like Lidl. Lidl tools are very, very good. Mm. I recently purchased a um, plasma cutter, which I've yet to use, uh, which is used for chopping up metal. But it doesn't distort it because it's not hot. Or not as hot. Yeah, so if you're not sure, Lidaldi is the phrase to use. Lidaldi. Now, I was surprised to see on one of the socials a, a picture of the bird's eye fish finger wrapper. And it had some words on it that we'll, we'll come to in a minute. And um, I thought, no, that's been doctored. And it mm. had a, somebody's uh, review, almost, of it. There, what they, they said was, was good about it. So I went and had a look, and I looked on the Morrisons online website, and there was a picture of it. So it is, it is true. And the, the person's uh, critique of the fish fingers is, finishes with, never fails to disappoint. Yeah. Never fails to disappoint. I don't get it. Well, it always disappoints. If it never fails to disappoint. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> never fails it. to disappoint. They did what I did then. They looked yeah. at it and I was oh, like, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah great. Yeah, yeah. yeah, absolutely. Yes, because you look at it and you, you think because it is something promotional, it's not going to be derogatory. But yeah. in fact, it is. <laughs> never fails to disappoint. If you expect the worst... Well, it doesn't say much, does it, really? Yeah. It certainly doesn't say much in their marketing department. Now, Sister of Grumpy sent me a link to a BBC News uh, website page where a dad has completed a thousand days of toy car photos around the UK. And he's gone to various locations all around the UK with little toy cars and vans and things like that and he's taken some absolutely stunning photos so the car is in right in the front of the mm. shot and there's all sorts of things behind there's stately homes and there's bridges and all sorts of things and it's, it's fantastic and i can't find where the thousand photos could be seen so hopefully it's it's around it's somewhere cool. it is really cool and yeah. he started it in lockdown you know a great thing to do in lockdown and then just got carried away Mm. And oh, he's on. He's got an Instagram account, so presumably Ooh. it'll be be on there. Posted so that'll be there. worth, yeah, be posted on there. But yeah, to make the BBC News website from a lockdown project, yeah, is, hobby, is, yeah, quite, yeah, it's quite something, really. That is. He did say after a year he'd stop, so he's obviously found um, found some it to sort be quite of payment. 
they're well either payment or quite therapeutic yeah um, i mean it's great because it's a bit of photography which is a great hobby and it's a bit of travel mm-hmm. which is a great hobby and yeah get to visit cool places exactly and take take photos yeah very good indeed not the worst job in the world definitely not no, i have a few candidates for worst job in the world me too actually uh, mine would be the person that operates the top lift on the eiffel tower oh yeah not good I not mean, it's, good it's cold in the winter hot in the summer mm-hmm. and you just get up and down all day yeah I, yeah i'm not a fan of lifts in the best of times as well no no I, the one at the top of the eiffel tower no i very nearly didn't get in it because it didn't look like it was going to make it to be honest no. it's a bit rough and ready but um it was okay now i think a few weeks ago i had a bit of a moan about people talking at concerts oh yes and, you did. And one, one in particular and um Back in May, which actually is not that long ago, John Mellencamp stopped his concerts and told people to shut up. Ooh. Now, this was slightly different because it was a sit-down one. So it was more of a theatre than a okay. than a sort of mosh pity type thing. Mm. And it's certainly not an outdoor festival. Um, but he really did get quite uh, quite annoyed. And he said, if, if, if you don't shut up, I'm stopping. Yeah, fair enough, though. Yeah, absolutely fair enough. You said, you know, if it's at a festival, well, that's one thing because it's yeah, you've not you've not maybe not paid to see him specifically. Exactly, and uh, and it's annoying, and it must be horrendous from the stage. I mean, certainly mm. the experience we had a while back was it was just so loud, and you, you you've got to hear that from the stage. It's just so yeah. rude. So Sorry. I'm right behind you, John Mellencamp. I don't know when he stopped being John Cougar Mellencamp and then went... I have no idea who he is. Uh, no, you wouldn't know. He's no. um, 70s and 80s American mm. rock star. But um, he did change his name a few times. I think he was a Mellencamp and then he was a Cougar Mellencamp and now he's a Mellencamp again. Maybe that's a story for another day. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's not easy to change your name, so I would know. Yeah, but if it's your stage name. True, true. Unless you're acting, it's... it's fairly easy i would have thought just mm. just use it because technically i still legally haven't changed my name because no one's told me i have nobody's told you i'm you still have. waiting for them to confirm they received my changes oh uh, okay yes i had we serviced your car last weekend and took out a day insurance and i wasn't sure what name to use so i used your yeah. old one because i thought mm. there's no way you've got as far as changing all that stuff well i'm going away on holly bobs and I thought, do you know what? To be safe, let's not change the passport yeah. until we get back. Because yeah, once we're back, right. I don't need my passport. So they can take as long as they need. Yeah. The, the last experiences have been really quick. Uh, yeah. But there was But then there a was strike. a strike. Yeah. Mm. I don't know if that's been yes. resolved. And then I can't change my driver's license. I can't change loads of things until I've changed my passport. Yeah. Because they need a copy of my passport to have my new name on it to make the change. It's all a bit ridiculous in this day and age that it's not joined up. Oh, honestly, because the government ones are the worst. I have to change everything individually. Yeah. Like HMRC, Land Registry, the other oh, ones. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's very true. Now, the next story I've got, which I think I'm going to have trouble explaining, but I'm going <sighs> to try anyway. And it comes, to, it comes from the 3M factory that has profited from mistakes in the past. So post-it notes apparently were... A bit of a mistake. The glue, the glue on there was—they were trying something else and came up with this stuff that 
peeled off quite easily. And then oh. they thought, oh, we could make, obviously they didn't say post-it notes, but we could make notes that are removable. So 3M have, have done quite well from what appear to be mistakes. But back in the 80s, they seemed to have made an invisible wall that people couldn't get through in the factory. And I can't quite work out how they managed it, but it looks like it's some sort of electrical force field that was generated when they were spinning um, polythene sheets around. Ah, so like static energy. Yeah, a bit like static energy. It's a really interesting article but i don't understand it and i was a bit pulled in by the headline of this uh, Mm. invisible wall but uh, i don't really understand uh, the science behind it but uh, a very very interesting thing really interesting thing and um, maybe that's what chris angel used to walk with the air chris angel who's chris angel mind free oh i have no idea who that is he's a magician that we went to vegas okay he's a mind freak Right. He's I the one that was walking on all the sides of the buildings with like no harnesses. He just would walk up the buildings. Yeah, you know these are tricks. Yeah, but ha- like th- my thing is, is I like to know how. Yes. I find it more interesting knowing how because I'm like, that's so cool that they like can figure that out, yeah. that that's how they can do it. I just can't figure it out. And every time I think about it, he was walking in thin air. And then he went into a hamster wheel and the speed at which they closed the lid at the top was like, I don't understand how they would be able to unhook him from something in that speed to then be able to close the lid. I just, and then he's like hovering in the middle of this hamster wheel. Like it's going a different direction to his. Then he comes back out the top of it, just comes out the top and just like in the air. So I assume either it wasn't actually a hamster wheel. It was a very big wheel or he's very small. Oh, yes, yeah, sorry. It it looks like a hamster wheel. Okay. <laughs> not not an actual hamster yes, wheel. Because if he's really small, then climbing the wall possibly isn't quite as mm. challenging as it might yeah. be if you're normal size. It's worth having a look on the internet because a lot of these uh, tricks are explained on there and some of them I are really think simple. he's the only one that does this trick. Somebody would have worked it out. But he, yeah, so at the very start, he like walks up a ladder, he's at the top of a ladder and he just like goes from standing horizontally to like more and more vertical as he's walking just walking like it's flat down the side of a ladder and that was the start and then that was and then i was like that's pretty cool and then there was no ladder he was just in the air yeah but how well that yeah yeah we need to do a bit of reading bit of reading he is a mind freak (laughs) when david blaine first came on the scene there was a few I mean, there was David Copperfield before him. So there was mm. a few magicians at the same time. And there was a very good series on one of the Sky channels that explained how all of them worked by this uh, music, um, musician, magician in a mask. So his identity wasn't revealed. Yeah. And a lot of them are very simple. And a lot of them, particularly the TV ones, they just keep filming until it gets right. So when you see these street things where he's guessing something. Yeah. And, you know, he's guessing two or three in a row. Well, actually, that could have been filmed over a whole day. Yeah. And it, you know, and it's hundreds of, of um, contacts with people, but only two or three of them are, are correct. So it's not always what it seems, but uh, the stage shows really are quite stunning. I love a magic stage show. Yeah, he also was, like, swallowing razor blades and stuff. Like it no, was... that, Don't try that at home. No. And because it was Vegas... It wasn't just Vegas. It was at Vegas. And then he was filming it for a, for a 
DVD, which sounds well old school, but he was filming it for a show. Oh, okay. So yeah. like it was Vegas on steroids and they were really trying to like pump the crowd up. It was quite yeah. good. Yeah. And it is Vegas baby. Baby. Yes, Vegas sorry. Baby. Vegas baby. Now going back as far as March, this story, it's about Toblerones and the Toblerones people are moving some of the manufacturing outside of Switzerland and Switzerland have turned around and said, well, you can't have the Matterhorn on it then anymore. Ooh. Oh, not I did Swiss hear about this. Yeah, mm. not Swiss enough. So good for you, Switzerland, is what I would say. Yeah. If you're going to move stuff out of that country, you can't cash in on it being made in, in Switzerland. Switzerland. Made in- Fair. Absolutely. I don't know whether that would be enough to make them move it back again or abandon their plans. They've got to rebrand the whole... Yeah. That's quite expensive. Well, I suppose you just cut that bit out of the film that prints the cardboard, I suppose. Mm, but you have to redo all adverts. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. But no Can't longer will you be able anything. to say, have you seen the bear in the mountain on the Toblerone? No. Should be a shame. And that's been, that's been there since 1908. Has it? Yeah. It's over Crazy. 100 years. Maybe they'll just have the bear. Uh, well, the bear's in yellow, so I don't think it'll show up very well. Put the bear in grey. Yeah, that would do it. Just swap the colours. Might confuse people buying it, though. Yeah, true, true, true. Now, this is going back a very, very long time, back to February. So it shows you how long we've been faffing around with stuff and not, not getting through our list. And this is about Gen Zs and printers. And, and printers. Office, and printers and office equipment. Oh, God. And, it, and it's an interesting thing because, as you know, we have a very successful car show run mm. by the Cranley Lions. And part of that requires vehicles that are coming to be registered. Yes. And generally, we advise people to print tickets. And the reason for that is, is that we're quite old and we print stuff. Yes. I never go to an airport with ticket on my phone in case i lose or drop off my phone i always print stuff out which i believe squeezy jet now are charging more if you turn up with a printed sheet which is a bit of a worry but I do are it. they well i don't know i may a make it's a up. ticket like well yeah but if they've got an excuse to charge more for something they'll yeah do it, true that's so. true anyway so we just think printing is absolutely normal but as we get younger car people coming up they go oh i've got a printer so yeah this year we've used Eventbrite, which has been superb. And, of course, that gives you the ability to share the ticket mm. on the phone. We haven't got the um, scanner thing. QR scanner. Yeah, we don't do any of that. So. But interestingly, we're getting more people saying, I can't print the ticket. Yeah. Um, I don't have a printer. No, exactly. And I, and I begin to think about this. But also in workplaces. I mean, when I worked in an office a couple of years ago, I had a new laptop. I could not get that thing to print anything at all, which I was mm. beginning to think was some sort of plan to save paper. And I didn't. Yeah, so we have printers at the office, but then I don't go into the office very often. No. So like, it's not like I could be like, oh, I'll just print it tomorrow when I go in the office, because I don't, not that I would ever use my work printer for personal items. No, of course <laughs> not. But And also, we had this fancy system where, in theory, you could print it and you didn't need to say where it was going to. You went with your card to the printer, put your card on Oh, the printer, yes. And it would print it there. But I had that. It, th- when they work, they're incredible, yeah. actually, because you do, you doesn't matter where you are. They are really good, actually. I do like those. I used to print all over the place 
when I yeah. used mine. Yeah, yeah. it's it good. But they are a pain in the neck. I'm just going to turn the printer in this office on so you can hear. <laughs> and it makes that noise when it's printing. Oh, my God. So wife of Grumpy prints out a fair bit of golf stuff, and she always seems to decide to do it in the middle of a meeting as well. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like the longest fart. It is a bit like that. I think it's just a bit of rubber or something just needs a bit of lubrication. Mm. And it's a brand new secondhand printer. So I had an identical one which broke and I tried to clear it with an airline and so, made it worse. Look, that sentence doesn't really make sense. No, it's a it, brand new secondhand yeah. printer. Like that's not a brand new printer. It's a term well used. On There's a reason that it's secondhand. That they <laughs> well, didn't re- want to keep it. It was refurbished. And it works perfectly, oh, okay. but it does make this squeaky noise, but I don't mm. print enough for it to be an issue. The reason I got exactly the same printer again is I've got um, several sets of toner cartridges, and the toner cartridges for that printer are so cheap. expensive. Oh, These for this one. Cheap. But Whole toner set, cartridges 30, are... 35 quid. What? Yeah, exactly. Colour printer, whole set. The ones I use at work are like £90 for one. Exactly, which is why I bought the same printer that's mad. Yeah, it is bad. Absolutely crazy yeah. prices. Mm. But when I worked for HP, they always said we make money on the ink, not the printer. Yeah. Yeah, because people don't change their printer often. You buy one and then you've got it for ages. Well, some of them, some of the inkjet printers, the heads would, particularly the Epson ones, the heads would just gum up completely. Mm. And you could take them to pieces and then soak them to clean it. But if you didn't use it once, once every few weeks... It, um, it was horrendous. I, I dislike printers immensely. Yeah, I, need a, I hate printers. The point of the article is that we have a you know, generation growing up where they just don't use, they just don't consider printing stuff, which is not a bad thing in no. many respects. But it can be a bit tricky in the office when you're mm. trying to print or copy I'll something. Tell you, I'll tell you a funny story. I actually did have to print. We had some documents that had to go to a bank, so I had to print them, get them signed, physically signed, and then scan them. And my printer in my office wasn't working, so I went down to the reception to see if I could use their printer just to scan, which they were absolutely fine with. She was like, oh, I'll come with you and help you, because it was like 100 pages. And um, she takes them from me, opens the lid, and I was like, what are you doing? And in her mind, and the way oh, she has no. been scanning, she scans so many documents as well. She puts one in, puts the lid down, scans it, lifts it up, takes yeah. it out, put the next one. I was like, no, if we just take all the paper clips off, you can just shove it in the top and it will yeah. just pull it through for you. And it will back she was it like, as well, Oh, no, it? but mine are double, yeah. She said, no, mine are double-sided, so I don't think that will work. And I was like, yeah, you just literally click the button that says double-sided yeah. and then it will do it. And she honestly opened me, looked at me with her mouth open and was like, you've yeah. just saved me like an hour a day <laughs> Yeah, yes, <laughs> on, it's, on scanning. It is astonishing. Oh, I've got a little document scanner here that will do both sides, mm. but it's a bit, it's a bit grumpy. It's a bit, it's obviously taken some grumpy vibes because <laughs> sometimes you, and I quite like to scan stuff rather than have paper lying around. So I'll scan mm. it and then just shred it unless it's car stuff um so i'll put a wodge in there and sometimes it will take each one through individually it'll be perfect yeah. other times it'll take all 10 pages through yeah. in one go and they just jam up so yeah it, it's sort of it's like a printer in it's just it just doesn't care about its job function mm. you know i'm a printer but i'm, I'm not going to work 
Yeah. That's a bit, I hate to say it's a bit French. No, I don't like it. I'm not working today. Yeah, a bit stroppy. <laughs> anyway, having dissed a whole generation and a whole nation, yeah. have you got a top tip? It's been a while. I actually do today. It's a work-related top tip. Fantastic. It, 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 literally, it happened to me less than an hour ago. Oh. But I thought, you know what, well, that's a perfect top tip, and I didn't have one. So my top tip for this episode is if you are aiming to finish work on time, don't message a serial caller. That is very good advice. And a serial caller, for those who don't know, will respond to your message by calling you instead yes. of just replying yes or no. Absolutely right. Mm. Yes. So I was about five minutes late to our, our podcast today because I messaged a serial caller. <laughs> yes, and then there was a bit of microphone faffing and I didn't think we were going to make it again this week. Yeah. So yes, yeah, very, very good advice. So, so my fun fact, although it wasn't a fun fact for one individual concerned in this, an armadillo shell is so hard that when a man in Georgia shot one with a 9mm gun, the bullet ricocheted, hit a fence, went inside a mobile home, travelled through a recliner and hit his mother-in-law in the back. <laughs> That's impressive. That is incredible. That really is, actually. Poor mother-in-law. Yeah, I mean, the chances of that happening. Slim. Yeah, I mean, how hard it hit her, because that or, must have taken quite a bit of energy out. She really wound him up, and he went, I tried to shoot an armadillo and never guess what happened. It could be, actually. <laughs> could well be. <laughs> That's it for this podcast. Thank you so much for listening. You can help spread Lippy and Grumpy's view on life by leaving a review on your favourite podcast platform. If you're not sure how to leave a review, or if you download from Spotify, there's some help at lippyandgrumpy.uk slash review. And if you would like to get in touch, email podcast at lippyandgrumpy.uk. So it's goodbye from me. And goodbye from him. Goodbye. Goodbye.